This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the Contractor's Corner podcast by Solar Power World. I'm Kelly Pickerel. I'm editor-in-chief of Solar Power World, an industry magazine for solar installers. You can find us at solarpowerworldonline.com. And I have some news. After more than 75 episodes and six years of starting off this podcast, I am closing 2021 with my final podcast. I will be handing over the reins to managing editor, Kelsey Misbrenner. She's going to be taking over the Contractors Corner podcast in 2022. She's going to continue to do interviews with solar installers from across the country. She's going to add in a few more fun things, and we're going to keep the podcast going. I'm just going to kind of focus my attention elsewhere. You might hear from me on the podcast in the future just uh, when Kelsey has me on to, to guest host some things, but this will be my my last podcast with just me interviewing some people. I've taken this opportunity to kind of reflect back on everything that that I've done with Contractors Corner and all the people I've talked to, and so this is kind of going to be a best of episode. I'm going to pull from some of my favorite interviews that I've done over the years and share some clips, and we can kind of reminisce of how the solar industry has grown kind of since 2015 when I I started doing this. Um, Of course, all of the podcasts, um, the full episodes are still on our channel. You can go back and listen to it to the full episodes if any of these little clips kind of tickle your fancy. And I'll include links to all of the ones that I feature today um, on our website. Again, that's solarpowerworldonline.com. So with over 75 episodes, I only had one repeat interview. So that was a lot of uh, people, a lot of companies that I've talked to, a lot to choose from for some favorite clips. And actually, there was a few companies that were just right off the top of my head. I really just have always remembered those interviews um, being really interesting. So I thought we'd kind of get started. So to kick things off, I thought we'd start with a question that I usually ask first to all of the contractors is, is how they got involved in the solar industry. Oftentimes, it's someone who's very passionate about green living or wanting to do well for the environment, but more and more in in recent years, getting involved in the solar industry just makes uh, really good business sense. Back in the summer of 2019, I asked this question to Phil and Nancy Broadhagen. They're the husband and wife duo behind the Colorado Springs-based solar installer Peak View Solar. And they gave a really great answer into the company's beginnings and, and how now it's definitely a family-run solar business along with Phil and Nancy. Their kids are also involved in Peakview Solar. And I just love hearing stories about that, how the whole family is getting involved in, in solar. And, and this was one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done. It was just a real pleasure to talk with them. So yeah, here's their answer on how they got started. All right, so I know that Peakview Solar is a family-owned business, so... Tell me about how the company got started. Um, well, I, I like to tell this story because it's um, it's just very indicative of who Phil is. <laughs> so Phil um, used to be an IT guy. He was a programmer. And he came home one day and said, I'm done. I just can't do this anymore. This sitting behind a desk is killing me. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, great, sweetie, what are you going to do with your life? <laughs> um so you kind of have to go back a few months, and he's the sort of guy that always tinkered in the basement, and he had actually made his own solar panels, bought all the pieces, put them together, and they were in our backyard 
um, doing off-grid lighting and, and stuff like that. So he kind of said, I'm really interested in this. This is what I want to do. So he went back to school thinking he would graduate and go to work for somebody. But his professors realized where he lived, that kind of stuff. They said, hey, there's a real need in your area. They got him in touch with a bunch of different clients. And before we knew it, after he graduated, he was a contractor. <laughs> That's great. And so, Nancy, you just kind of came along for the ride and started the company? Well, I am actually a CPA. So I had a job outside, and Phil did this on his own for a good seven or eight years, and it wasn't until then that I quit my job and joined him, and it was because we experienced massive growth, and he just couldn't do it on his own anymore. (laughs) (laughs) He needed your help. (laughs) Yep, yeah. So I also know that your um, sons are involved, so how did you... How did solar kind of pique their interest, too? Yeah, well, um, like you said, like she mentioned, just it was just me and a neighbor in the very beginning, and we were just doing here, jobs here and there. But as the sales grew, you know, I needed help. So every now and then I would ask one or both to, uh, to help me on a job. You know, they were both in college, and they both had jobs, but they, you know, found time to help me out to get stuff done. But, but you know, the company grew um, more than I thought. <laughs> As it grew and I got got out of the garage and into an office and into a warehouse, we've, we've moved multiple times, growing every time. But but uh, they eventually, each one, they just decided, you know, it's like one day, okay, I'm coming to work for you. It wasn't like I was asking them. <laughs> like, I'm coming on full time because you need it. <laughs> so both of them eventually uh, came on board. Then, you know, a few years later, because they've been helping me for quite a while, Nancy came on, as, as you just mentioned, and then, um, and then finally, uh, the last of the family, Debbie, my daughter, she's the oldest, she has an MBA in finance, and she decided she wanted to come work here, so, <laughs> so we really are a family-run business. <laughs> Next up, I take you back to 2018 when I talked with Sunlight and Power, uh, solar and solar based in Berkeley, California. You know, the solar industry still feels so very young, but there are some companies that have been out there for a really long time, like Sunlight and Power. Got its start in 1976, so for over 40 years, this company has been working on solar projects up in Northern California. So in addition to the awesome archive photos they (laughs) sent me for the company with people in some questionable short shorts and really cool t-shirts in the 1970s. Um, They provided a a lot of information about what it was like to start a solar company in the 70s. Of course, back then, the technology that was the focus was solar thermal. And so talking with Gary Gerber, the founder of Sunlight and Power, he told me about what it was like to start back then and and just all the changes that have happened um, in the past 40 years. Here's his answer. What kind of projects were you doing back then? I, I assume it was probably more so, solar thermal. Yes, yes, it was. It was strictly thermal um, because, as an architectural firm, they were designing homes and designing active and passive uh, solar systems for those homes. So, uh, I, as an engineer, I got involved in the design as well as uh, being the contractors. Uh, we we would uh, we would build them as well. So that was exciting times, really very fulfilling, and you know it was 
there was nobody in the business at the time to speak of. So we felt very much like we were blazing trails. There, there was not really much of a market. Uh, about a year after we got started, uh, a company did start making solar collectors. But the first solar panels we built, we literally built. We, we, I, we went out and sourced copper and copper pipe, and uh, we built the frames out of redwood and put glass in over the plates. And they look a lot like what, what is being built today as solar thermal collectors, but they were totally handmade. Hmm. Did, did you find back then, were there a lot of people interested in solar, or were you having to kind of promote yourself as a, as a company? Uh, there was interest, um, as you may recall, in 73, there was an oil crisis. And so people were were generally pretty energy aware, but they were not solar aware. We, we, were, tr- we were teaching people but the basic fundamentals. I remember one of the graphics we had was we had a picture of a hose out on, on a lawn, a black hose out on a lawn, and explaining, okay, the sun makes the hose hot. You run the hose and the hot water comes out the hose. You've experienced this. This is what we do, but we do it in a more controlled manner. And and we really had to explain to people that this could actually work, that we could the, – the fact that we could boil water in a solar collector was, was a total mystery to people. People just didn't even believe it. <laughs> Now, we do talk to a lot of California solar installation companies here at Solar Power World, of course, because California is the biggest solar market in the country. But it's always nice to kind of move around the country and talk to some others, especially those working in Ohio, my state. So this next uh, interview was with Paradise Energy Solutions. They're actually a Pennsylvania-based company, but they work in many states throughout the Midwest, and they actually installed solar on my dentist office so every time i go to get my teeth clean i get to check out their work there um but i talked with paradise energy solutions in 2020 about what it's like working kind of in the midwest they they have a strong agricultural focus uh the company does so they're doing a lot for for the farming community and so i asked dale good the ceo over at paradise about how they're promoting solar to the agricultural community and and then the differences between working with the agricultural community compared to maybe more traditional commercial clients. And I think his his answer was a little bit surprising. Yeah, with with all this data that you've been gathering, um, what other interesting metrics did you find? Like, did it kind of reinforce your support behind solar for agriculture sites? Anything like that? Yeah, it 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 did. I mean, one of the one of the things you find there's a difference between commercial clients and agricultural clients. Agricultural clients many times think a little bit longer term in their payback requirements than than a commercial client. We bang into commercial clients who are you know they're staring at they want a three year return or three to five year return is pretty common. Agricultural clients you know they're they're a little more patient and they're used to a cyclical economy because that's part of farming that's part of agriculture. And so they seem to be a little more tolerant of, of slower returns. The other thing, uh, many of them, uh, and these are on the decline, but there's many family farms around or situations where families want to keep the farm in the family. And it's a great way for people in my generation to be thinking about you know, the future generation and saying, hey, we can reduce costs on our farming operation if we go solar. And that's, you know, that's been one of the things that's really helped us uh, get on the map We've learned how to, to sell into those situations. And, 
them to provide consulting, and I think they trust us. We've, we've developed a lot of trust with that community. And uh, so we're, we're still heavily committed to the agricultural community. We think there's still a bright future there. Speaking of solar and unique installations, what about installing solar in Alaska? <laughs> I know we all kind of come across that conversation of, it's always cloudy, how do you get solar to work? But it was really interesting talking with Arctic Solar Ventures, this company based in Anchorage, Alaska, about how solar actually works in Alaska. In, in the winter months, they have maybe four to five hours of sunlight, um, whereas in the their summer months, it can be upwards of 20 hours of sunlight. So how does balancing all of that work? So back in 2017, I talked with CEO Stephen Trimble and then VP Chase Christie. We talked about the business in, in Alaska and how they had actually just started a project uh, on winter solstice, which is the darkest day of the year for them and just kind of explaining to their community that solar does work so it was really really fun to talk with them do you guys find yourselves like having to do a lot more education um because maybe the people just don't really know about solar in alaska yeah kelly you know education is a bit a big component and you know historically there's been kind of a cabin off-grid solar industry in alaska um so you know it's just kind of been i have solar on my off-grid property i have solar on my cabin it incorporates batteries and and that kind of remote distribution um, didn't really allow for a lot of mainstream visibility a lot of times with mm -hmm. solar. So solar projects have been going on in Alaska for 40 years, um, but they've been very scattered because Alaska is, is huge. The area in Alaska is 500,000 square miles, um, which is pretty astonishing when you think yeah. about it. You know, kind of bringing that mainstream, bringing solar projects into a higher visibility in the bigger population centers, in grid-connected communities, now that we have net metering, bringing that online as well. It, you know, it's just kind of, it's kind of uh, proving the, you know, the concept that's been, that's been worked on here for 40 years, and it's just, sh you know, it's showing it can work at scale. Mm -hmm. And education is uh, sort of a challenging component in any market. We have, you know, the, the added component of it not making obvious sense when we're in, in the middle of winter and, and have uh, five and a half hours of uh, daylight. People say, Does, there, how can solar possibly work? So working through that and, um, you know, educating, uh, I guess, as, 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 as well as we can, as comprehensive as we can, that, that, that solar indeed does work very well up here. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because you guys recently completed and, and hooked up a 25 kilowatt system on the darkest week of the year. So what does the darkest week of the year look like in Alaska? How many hours of sun is that? You know, we have about five and a half hours of sunlight on the darkest day of the year, which is December 21st. And it was it was kind of, you know, kind of by chance that the project really um, was commissioned on that day. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily that we set out to you know, we were going to commission a project on winter solstice. Um, we just knew we, we wanted to get it done before the end of the year um, for the customer for, for the applicability of the tax credit. Um, mm -hmm. But it just turned out that it happened to be on winter solstice, which is December 21st. It was about 3.20 p.m. Um, and it was, just, it was generating power, um, which was pretty amazing to see on the shortest day of the year. To give you a contrast of what our summers look like, in the peak of summer, we have 22 hours of, of daylight in, in Anchorage. So it's a pretty dramatic swing mm -hmm. um, that really starts to kick off kind of in mid, in mid to late February. We're already gaining um, about four minutes a day right now in, wow. in uh, summer. 
I was going to say, does the whole year kind of balance out then? You have the longer, longer sunny days and, you know, the shorter ones. So it's, it's pretty even. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty balanced. December and January are definitely, you know, definitely shorter. But once, once February starts to roll around and we really kind of hit a nice, nice production curve and kind of march through um, September, October. Um, so yeah, it really, it balances out a lot, a lot better than, than people typically would think. And finally, we'll end my little roundup just with me thanking everyone for being just so honest when they're talking with me about the solar industry and just being so truthful about just all the struggles that they have faced. Uh, This last interview clip is with Sun Nation and CEO there, Jeff Maskin. He's always so much fun to talk to. I talked to him last um, in the summer of 2020. And he was very frank about how the coronavirus, the pandemic has has affected the New York solar installer. And uh, I just really appreciate being able to get that insight. And, you know, not everything is puppy dogs and roses in the solar industry. There is still a lot of struggles to overcome. And it's only when we can collectively talk about things and provide tips on, on how to survive that, you know, we all can pull through. So again, really just want to thank Jeff for, for being so honest with me. So here's that clip. These last few months have been really crazy. And I know Sun Nation, you guys have been around for about 17 years. Has this been the craziest portion or was it, was it even tough at the beginning when you were trying to promote solar in a region that maybe didn't really understand what solar was? I don't even, you know, so that's, that's a great question. I don't even know, like on the tough meter, like, like, you know, like if you go into a doctor's a, to a hospital and they say, okay, what is your pain? One to 10. <laughs> And you're like, well, I don't, I don't know. My six is different than your eight, but I really don't know on the toughness meter what it's, what it's been like. Um, I can tell you that personally, you know, at, at CEO level, this has definitely been the toughest thing for me. No question about what, because there was no solid plan. It's, it's one thing to have a problem and, and work towards a solution. It's another thing to have a problem and not have a sound footing on what the solution is going to be because things are constantly changing around you. There, were, there was about a four month period where I did nothing but hang on and try and keep the business together as opposed to grow a business, mm. you know, and make, you know, make prudent future decisions and, and, and do the things that I'm supposed to be doing. I was literally, you know, on phones, on video chats with customers, you know, making sure deals were getting sold because if sales fall off, ultimately everything is going to fall off. So, you know, you roll up your sleeves, and you get involved in things, which is also, quite frankly, a good thing because it regrounds your reconnection to the roots of what I started doing 17 and 18 years ago. It, it, was, it was completely different. I was on roofs and I was figuring out how to make racking work and when there was no racking. So, you know, we call it a solar coaster. You know, there's never been a time where we were climbing up, you know, like, like you're going up a roller coaster. We've never had a time where we didn't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was going to be that, that fall, that, that drop, that, that exhilarating drop of whatever, and then mm-hmm. climb back up. It's always been that way. All right. You know, I couldn't end the podcast without hearing Solar Coaster at least once. <laughs> so I'd like to, to thank everybody for joining me on this ride for the past few years. Um, those are just five of 
my favorite clips from the interviews that I've done um, on the Contractors Corner podcast and hope you'll continue to follow along with us in the in the coming years as we continue talking with solar installers and hearing about things happening in the solar industry. And with that, hope everybody has a good holiday season and I look forward to hearing all about the U.S. solar industry in 2022. Thanks, guys. This has been another edition of Contractors Corner. Join us each month as editor Kelly Pickerel chats with solar installers across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online to hear more great podcasts, view industry videos, and read our great editorial content. SolarPowerWorldOnline.com. See you back here next month.